Welcome to Forward, where we celebrate and amplify the voices of writers from all walks of life who provide queer representation in their young adult novels. I'm your host, Steve LaBelle, and I'm thrilled to have you join us today. On this show, we'll be diving into the diverse and dynamic world of queer young adult literature, exploring the stories, experiences, and insights of authors who are making their mark on the queer literary landscape. From best-selling authors to emerging talents, we'll be talking to writers who write across various genres, including fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and more. In each episode, we'll hear from our featured author as they share their journey, their writing process, and the themes and messages they convey in their work. We'll also explore the challenges and triumphs of being an author in today's literary world and the impact of their writing on the LGBTQ plus community and beyond. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Forward. Today, I have with me Charlie Arrigo. How are you? I am good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm wicked good. I feel still wicked sleepy. It's only 11 a.m. on a Saturday, so here we are. It is pouring down rain over here, so um, yeah, definitely very cozy vibes happening. Oh, nice. Where do you live? Um, I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What about you? Oh, I'm in New Hampshire. Okay. So, so. about 40 minutes from Boston. We're gonna, So we're going to be getting what you have in like yeah. a few hours. You guys have all the Taylor Swift traffic probably still happening right now. Oh, the, the FOMO is so freaking real right now. It's not even funny. <laughs> we ha- she's here in t- two weeks, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have tickets. That's what matters. Oh, every, <laughs> like, brag. No, well, you are, but that's okay. That you're entitled <laughs> to. You should actually with that. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, let's just start off by tell us a little bit more about you besides being a T Swift fan and from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, so I let's see here. Uh my biggest thing with me is like I'm a huge pop culture fanatic. Um mm-hmm. I was really like boiled down to loving movies. And that's actually where I got my start with writing. And I have a degree in screenwriting, went through that track. Um, so I think the biggest like the biggest hallmark of my personality are like the things that I love, whether it be like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Scream. Like I feel like I'm that kind of person where you see certain pieces of media and like I remind other people of that just because they, they see a screen post and they're like, oh, Charlie likes that. Or that is definitely like the biggest portion of myself. Um, and that definitely ties into the book too. So we're going <laughs> to that. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm a writer. I have two cats. I have a husband. It's all great. Um I work in healthcare currently. As oh, wow. day, um, not clinical. God, no. Um, you wouldn't <laughs> want me as your actual <laughs> provider. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that for, I've been in healthcare for like six years now. So it's been quite the journey. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to to really join a writing community and get stuff out there. Yeah, for sure. And just knowing that you are a pop culture geek as well, so I, I think I'm older than you. I'm I'm 41, and I lived Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I have a Buffy cutout in my basement, and a whole box of Buffy memorabilia. Um, yeah, it, I um, I did not. I was alive, but I was not. Um, <laughs> I was not. Like you know, I was I was there, but I wasn't there. Um, yeah, yeah. I had discovered it later in high school. 
but yeah my, my cat's name is buffy like it, it runs deep like, yeah my dog was named buffy it's such a good pet name like it, it's a wicked good pet name i was hoping to get a boy and call him xander oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, my first dog back in high school i tried to float that name by my family and they, they shut it down real fast no. i do it right. <laughs> i know we should talk about your book but favorite buffy episode um oh god like so i'm gonna go with becoming part two just because i think yesterday was the 25th anniversary of it and i always the scene in the courtyard when angelus is like no friends no family no hope what do you have left she goes me and then they just beat the crap out of each other uh incredible television Mm -hmm. and uh, i'm gonna also go with um i really like something something blue i think is the episode where willow puts the spell on everyone uh yeah and then buffy and spike are like thinking they're getting married giles is yeah it's just bonkers and i love all of it (laughs) yeah no for sure like it's so funny i remember going through college in my psych classes connecting everything to buffy the and everyone thought i was a freak but here we are grown-ass adults and they're now having classes about buffy and how real relevant it was like "Mm -hmm." that's what it's all about (laughs) awesome i didn't know about that about you i'm super like i like you more now um (laughs) So tell us um, about um, Ollie Fitzgerald's Heartbreak Anthems. Tell us what inspired it and maybe a little bit about what the book is. Yeah, so the book is a young adult rom-com about a uh, kid named Ollie who's trying to get over his first heartbreak, who just happens to be um, his best friend's brother. And they had like mm. a summer thing ended with Ollie getting ghosted. So, you know, school's starting up again. He's like, I'm just going to move on. I don't care. But then the brother Nash comes back and they all have to work together because prom is in danger because of some prank and funding gets pulled. So it's them like dealing with these feelings, but also trying to act like they don't like each other still all while trying to like save like the most important high school event of their young adult lives. Um, it's, it's fun. You know, the book is built around pop culture, mostly pop music. And um, I went through a lot of different ideas. Like it was about a little bit, early 2022 I sat down and I was like I want to write something and get it out there like I'd written screenplays and like done tv episodes and bibles and stuff like all for myself because that whole process is so huge um so I said but I want to do something that I can get out there and I floated ideas of actually doing like narrative podcasts before or like like narrative web series or something like that even just like a web like a vlog situation and nothing really stuck and I actually just started reading again and I was like, you know what, I could I could do this. I enjoy this. So I sat down. I actually outlined an entirely different book. There is an entirely different book sitting in a notebook somewhere in this in this room. Um, and then I was getting ready to do that. And I heard this song by Maisie Peters called Kate's Brother, which like the she falls in love with her friend's brother. And I was like, oh, that's such a cute little like rom-com idea. And then I was just really thinking about it. I couldn't get that out of my head. And then I was like, well, how do I take that idea and then just like expand on it? I'm like, well, if a song made me, you know, put this idea in my head, what if we just like make this kid, like Ollie loves pop music and it's built all around his love for that. And I just kind of went from there. And I really wanted to write something that like celebrated things that people really love. Cause like when you love, when you're really into something, you have like these fixations on things, people can kind of like give you a hard time. I know I got a hard time for being obsessed with Buffy in high school. And yeah. so I, why do you care about making someone feel bad about stuff that they like so I really wanted to write a story that celebrated that love that people have for things and that is one of the many pieces of it um 
that exists within those pages. But that is something I'm the most proud of. That sounds super awesome. And like coincidentally, I the podcast before yours, I interviewed Aaron Aceves, and his one recommendation was to pick a song and mm-hmm. write the story off that song. So the fact that you're talking about this, it was like it's really kind of weird. Yeah, his his book, This Is Why They Hate Us, is like literally one of my like I'd already written Ollie by the time I read that book, but like yep. it is like pitch perfect young adult like coming of age. And that book is I think one of the later questions is who are off is that inspire you? That was he was on my list. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he, he to find that inspiration somewhere. He just did a thread on Twitter about like reading books like the one you're writing, which is really important too. And I'm I'm glad I share that same thought process as him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like he, he's super awesome. He's a, he's a really chill guy. Have you connected with him at all yet? Not anything past like, like tagging yeah. him in a book review and be like, Hey, loved your book. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's super chill. He, he's a great guy. So let, let going off. So you have Aaron as your role model. Like who else is your role model in, in the writing world? I think like, all, like I owe so much to, um, Becky Albertalli for, mm-hmm. um, back in 2018 that was really the first like queer book I had read and saw myself in and that year I really picked up some reading um which with like Carrie Hahn and then um, Openly Straight by Bill Coningsberg is like one of my absolute favorites he everything he touches I think is like gold um he is incredible and um so but like we I think I owe a lot to Becky just for like opening that world up for me seeing that kind of like normal coming of age story told from an experience I can relate to and I read a lot I read a lot that year and then actually stopped and didn't really pick anything up again until a couple years ago and that was actually um Timothy Janowski's Never Been Kissed really got me back into reading and that's such a great book and Timothy's a really nice person and another person that puts up with all my like fanboying online and (laughs) uh, and then also Julian Winters I think is like one of the like the best voices out in YA right now um he just had as you walk on by and it's incredible and he has to kiss four books out and each and every one of them are just like pitch perfect no that's awesome that thank you for that and, and Stephen Salvatore they're really good too um I, I I had a podcast with Stephen I I just read or finished um well, oh my gosh uh and they lived yeah no and, that like, that changed my life. I read that early this year for the first time, like literally shifted my perspective on everything. I, and they're really a kind person too. So I was just so obsessed with that book. I burned through it. As soon as I was done, I went on like a 45 minute rant to my husband about everything. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is an incredible piece of work. Uh, it, wicked is. I, I love it so, so much. And in just that they are just like an amazing human too. So so thinking about like each of these books want are kind of showing you part of of an LGBT of the queer world and what what are you hoping that readers pull from your book? Yeah, um, for you know, there's what I love about the state of like young adult queer literature right now is there's there is so much, so much more than there was like three years ago, four years ago, five years ago so much more than like when I was an actual young adult like (laughs) um and I just like that there's so many different avenues that these stories are told we have like these like darker like more serious grounded authentic stories but we also do have these things that are like very light and fluffy and like you can open up 
you can walk into uh, Barnes and Noble and find like a Netflix rom-com book, but about queer people. And like, we deserve that as much as we deserve hard-hitting, like sad stories as well. So for me, I definitely went along the more like happier sunshine, fluffy route with this. Cause yeah, I really am invested in like queer joy and showing that. And the book has the word heartbreak in the title, but it, trust me, there is a lot of, a lot of happiness that happens. Um, and I, you know, I want people to just like have a good time and enjoy the pop references, enjoy the comedy, fall for the romance. And, you know, I want you to just like when you finish it, be like, hey, that was a really fun rom-com with some little good commentary on coming out and sexuality and identity and stuff like that. But like, I just, you know, for me, entertainment has always been that escape. Mm -hmm. Dating back to binging Buffy the Vampire Slayer like it was an escape for me and it has always been like a crutch to just get through some things and if I could provide you know some kind of just comfort to anyone just in comedy or romance of it that's all just I want you to have a good time and I think that's all for me in entertainment that's all I ask I just ask to enjoy it anything else that comes after I am lucky to have but as long as at the end of the day I enjoy it that's all that matters <laughs> Oh, that's like a really good way. Like, be kind and enjoy, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's life's model, mod, mod, model, motto, if you will, right? I'm like, like all of my ratings were like four to five stars, just because, like, especially for books. Like, for books, for me, I won't. One, I don't post any negative reviews. I just don't want to contribute to that conversation. I'm not the kind of person that likes to go around like talking about something I don't like, like mm -hmm. that often, at least. Like, um. And plus for a book, like I, it's not, it's not sitting there watching a movie. It's not sitting there watching a TV show. It's a book. Like it took some time and effort and some concentration. If I yep. finished it, I liked it. Like, yeah. We're going to finish something out of spite. So no, yeah, for I sure. Really like to enjoy things. So that is what I am working on. <laughs> right. You do you boo, right? Like that's, that's <laughs> all that matters. Um, so you talked uh, about how five years ago, books like this weren't even around for us um even uh 10 years ago too so how important do you feel it is to have this representation for uh young adults in today's world it extremely and you know mm -hmm. i think so, i think the young adults of now have the option to find this representation whether it be in literature even music not so much in film and tv as i'd like it to be yeah because they don't fund those projects as much and when they do they end up getting like canned relatively quickly right um, but coming from you know i had like when i was you know a teenager i think i had kurt on glee i had whoever was on degrassi at the moment if degrassi was even still on mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying those people weren't like important to the overall you know um overall like development of queer people in media and they definitely were right there isn't the the diversity we have nowadays there's not the options so I think it's really important that we have stories about queer young adults in every aspect like yep. have coming out stories but you also just have rom-coms where the characters are queer where you have stories where people are struggling with their sexuality or struggling with like their parents accepting them but mm -hmm. we also just literally have um a mystery and the character is queer um yeah uh, keep this to yourself by thomas ryan i believe is the book and the author 
just just you know your average not average it was a great book um <laughs> like it was, it was a murder mystery in a small town it, the main character just happened to be gay like i yep. really enjoy that as much as i enjoy a book about coming out so i think it's so important especially nowadays with the it's just to say something like like the political climate just is such a broad way to address it but like the queer community is under attack and yep. these books and these resources that kids need are under attack and mm -hmm. as someone who had limited availability limited access to them i know what the importance is of having them. like almost like now re like visiting this genre as an adult is like healing my inner teenager giving myself things i didn't have back then mm -hmm. and it's just so important to have this representation to show these kids no matter where they fall within you know the umbrella of queer terms or even people who are allies and want to know more about the community like it's important to have that so they have these things to reference and they can see themselves in stories and see that they are valid and they can be happy and they can be loved and even if the story is a bit rough that there's a happy ending and they just have things to go back to to feel comfort you know and the fact that that is like on the line for so many people yep. it's, it's terrifying like entering the world as like a, a queer young like an author of young adult queer books like it's it's nerve-wracking but you know you want to contribute to whatever you can to make things better yeah a hundred percent the lots is is going on um in the state of new hampshire fortunately our senate by five votes uh defeated the bill for uh parent rights which are very similar to what's happening in florida so win for us but what advice do you have for for educators and for for young adults who are feeling super frustrated right now um, with everything that's going on in the United States. Yeah, I think like it's definitely scary. You mm -hmm. know, even, you know, like kids who may not have the support of their parents and rely on them to obviously just survive. And then even like educators, like their jobs can be on the line. Like you don't mm -hmm. want to you don't want to worry about that. Um, but I would just like find, just be each other's support system, find a community to, you know, hold on to. I, it's, it's really frustrating because like the younger generations do not think like this. And it's like the older people that are really inflicting this onto the queer community. And we just like, I hate it. I don't want it to be like the only way we have to get through it is just to like, hold on, wait for these people to like age out of office and get all these new people in. But like for on like the darkest days, that's sometimes what it feels like. Yeah. But you know, just finding a community, being each other's support systems, even like, you know, like rallying and getting together and, you know, going to school board meetings where these things are challenged or mm -hmm. spreading like awareness online about things. And and it it can be really hard to just think like, you know, oh, I'm going to talk to someone who doesn't think like me and maybe change their mind because 97% of the time you probably won't. And I yep. don't recommend like seeking out those conversations because <laughs> you're just going to like want to like run into the wall cook. It just feels like talking to a brick wall sometimes, but surrounding yourself with a supportive like-minded group of people is the best way to get through something like this. What advice do you have for people who, who don't know where to look for their community? Like, how can they find people for the, to build and develop their community, you think? Um, I don't know, because, like, from, 
me, like I was lucky to find a community within my friends in high school and mm-hmm. kind of fell into place. I was very lucky with that. Um, look into the organizations that exist around you, whether it be like, I don't know if like community centers will have like queer outreach groups or even just starting at like a teen outreach center, seeing where you can go. Um, but it does get a little tricky depending on like where in the country you are. Right. Um, safety of that. Um Mm-hmm. I would just I mean just like look out for it I I wish I had a better answer um but it's such like a layered nuanced thing to talk about because there's so many different uh aspects that go into where they could find these resources what roadblocks they could face um try is what I, <laughs> I have to say and I wish I had something better to say. <laughs> but I also don't know like what it's like for teenagers now to really go through something like this um, being so far removed from that period of my life um, but you know if they're they're scared or they're you know start with start with your friends start with online communities if you can find them mm-hmm. um, I know I know like Twitter is a terrible place to be so don't start there uh, but like, <laughs> you know just find these communities online they do exist you do have to look for them but you know it's just a matter of figuring out where they are. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Thank you. Um, so thinking about supporting there and being a community, a, an educator really is part of a young adult um, community. What what advice do you have for an educator um, if, if a student comes out to them as being queer? I think the, f- I mean, obviously the first thing you have to do is just approach it with like acceptance, understanding, support, um don't react negatively in any way and obviously if a student is going to a teacher to say that they most likely will not be reacting negatively because they've shown throughout the course of however long they've known the student that that is something that they can be comfortable with going to them um yeah I mean I was I came out to a teacher in high school and it was really great uh she was like one of the nicest people and really helped me just like feel like I could be seen um Mm -hmm. so it's just it's the same thing goes back to that same being a supportive community I think is the best way to get through all of this and if you're that educator just listen to the kid be there for the kid um kind of just be there whatever in whatever way they need because if they're telling you and it's like a big deal like it they probably haven't told many other people including their own parents so you know, you kind of just have to, they're most likely like, you're probably one of the first people they're telling and you have to be that first reaction that tells someone's going to be okay. Yeah, no, for sure. So I really like your message as far as a community seeking out people you trust and just starting really small and yeah. don't feel like it has to be a grand thing, really. No, that, that's really helpful. So thinking about your community, I want to dive into your community just a little bit and learning about your your pop culture kind of thing. So I have a couple questions just to kind okay. of go through with that. Uh, favorite pop artist? Um, Britney Spears. Oh, uh, okay. She, there's no, no one like her. Um, but I'm also going to throw a curveball out. Little Mix is a, well, they were on a hiatus uh british girl group that i really enjoy um <laughs> and then dua lipa 
yeah. I really like Chloe from and uh, Chloe Bailey. She just put out some solo work. Um, I'll, I'll listen to anyone if I'm being honest. <laughs> no, you are, but but it's really it paints a picture, right? It paints a picture. Uh, favorite rom com. Um, book, movie, probably book because we're doing an author podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say it's not young adult either, but um, the gay best friend is coming out by Nicholas. Um, yeah. did, I'm so sorry, I can't think of his last name right now. Um, but when I read it, I got I read a, an arc of it, and I was like, this is really funny, but like it was so pitch perfect and like the rom-com beats and like how to hit everything and like be like oh obstacle overcome here's another one oh it's funny like it's hysterical and it had great commentary too so we're gonna go with that um That's yeah awesome. i think a lot of like the queer ya rom-coms i read still border on the coming of age aspect as well um, yeah so nicholas did Demazi demizio i think yeah no his book is incredible it's out i think it's out next week Oh, all right. Well, awesome. Um, which, so it was sticking on this book theme. Which character is most like you from what you've read so far? Um, from what I've read so far. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's see. Let me pick one of like the super cool love interests. No, um, I think <laughs> I identify with the more introverted you know mcs and the ones that kind of it's so weird because like when in narrative your protagonist has to make the decisions to mm -hmm. but like i kind of like the ones where things like happen to the protagonist yeah uh, enjoy that but i'm trying to think who who did i really stick with um um i read i and i'm so terrible i'll read something i'll review it like i love this book you ask me about it the next week i <laughs> i couldn't tell you i know well, i enjoyed it. i remember like the feelings of enjoying it but like, the actual details it's so hard so so let me pray so which buffy character is the most like you um I'll go with willow uh, oh yeah okay she's very she can be very supportive and still kind of stand her ground um not xander because as an adult looking back on xander he kind of sucked uh like a lot yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um i've met nicholas brendan too so it's i did too and yeah it was before all of uh oh yes 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 it was like a 12 dollar convention ticket <laughs> <laughs> oh i was at comic con that was like the height of it <laughs> um no that's awesome so what other things can we expect from you? Do you have any more books or anything coming out? Yeah, um, I, I'm definitely working on follow-up. Um, I, it's hard. It, so I'm a mood reader, but mm -hmm. I'm also a mood writer. So yeah. like trying to really focus in on one thing has been very stressful. I remember like, I'd always see people like, oh, writing the second book is so hard. I'm like, how can it be hard? You did it already. That's probably the hardest part to just do it the one time. No, this is really difficult. I don't know. <laughs> I have like three or four things that are like half baked at the moment and like mm -hmm. really trying to focus in and like really land all of them to see where it goes. Um, no, but I'd love to keep writing books. I, like I said, I love movies and TV. Those are my first love. And that's just not, especially now with the way the industry is, not a feasible 
way to get my work out there. And even now with the way, even beyond the strike with the way like streamers, streaming services are just pulling content off after it's been canceled with no other way to find it. Yeah. Kind of really intimidating to want to enter that field. So writing this book was really eye-opening to what I can do and what I can expect of myself. But I definitely want to keep following this path. Um, it's it's always going to be gay. It's always going to be gay. Um, people are always going to be falling in love, whether it be, you know, saving prom, solving a murder, fighting demons, or just like whatever other, whatever come, whatever else comes out of my head. Um, always going to be gay. It'll most likely always have a happy ending, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, but <laughs> yeah, always be gay. It, it, maybe eventually it'll be about adults. Who knows? I, I, I kind of want to make you a t-shirt that says it's always going to be gay. Like, yeah. and just like, that's like your motto in life. It's always going to be gay. Yeah, I spent so many years not being gay and interacting with like, I've had people ask me like, you know, are you always going to write gay books? I'm like, yeah. Are you always really going to read gay books? And I'm like, probably like I, mm-hmm. I have put however many years, you know, reading straight books. And even at that point, it was straight books for, told from like a, a female perspective, so I could still read first person. Yeah, <laughs> for a guy, especially as a teenager, like I was burning through these like teen romance books told from a uh, female perspective, um, and also eating up like Twilight and The Hunger Games. Yes, but it's always going to be gay. I've I've spent a lot of time not being gay at this point, and then I spent a lot of time interacting with media that's not gay to not really f- focus in and supporting my own community and its output that that sounds awesome i chris this has been great it's been wonderful um thank you so much for coming on this dreary saturday morning with me so <laughs> i appreciate right. it <laughs> thank have you. a good one thank, thank you, you.